This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora. Hey, this is uh, Baldy for Inside the Huddle, an original Odyssey podcast here. And I just want to give you kind of the state of the union of some of the training camps that I have been to, what I have seen. I would like to start in Cincinnati. I was there on August 4th. It was a hot day that got hotter. We started practice. They started practice at 2 in the afternoon. We were live till from basically 1.30 till 6.30 for the NFL Network. So I saw all the players come on the field through training camp, autograph sessions, talk to a lot of people in the organization. Um, so it was a it was a great day. When I say hot, at the end of the day, the Reds were getting ready to play the Nationals. It was 98 degrees. So obviously no Joe, Joe Burrow. Um, we didn't even see Joe. Joe wasn't out there on the field at all, but we talked to everybody else. So we started talking with Lou Anarumo. He's really excited about all the young players uh, that they have drafted, the secondary, what it could look like, and some of the things that he does. I mean, he was very, very good. Uh, he's uh, still trying to overcome the loss of both Von Bell and, uh, you know, a great uh, – they're just a great safety uh, tandem that they had back there, Jesse Bates, Von Bell. So – but they've got Dax Hill. They've drafted safety, so they, they feel like they're going to be okay. It might take a little while. Um, I talked to both Joe Burrow's father and Jamar Chase's father. They're out there every day. It's interesting because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase now are getting ready for their uh, fifth year together. Like there's literally nothing that they um, haven't been through, haven't talked about. I mean, they're best, literally best friends. And I think Jamar might be the biggest uh, supporter of Joe Burrow there is, not just because he's a wide receiver. I just think he really believes in him and likes him. And they just get along really good. We uh, And Jamar was great. He sat and talked to us. Uh, sometimes you see these players from afar. Like, what are they really like? Jamar Chase is just a great kid, man. Everybody in the organization, no matter what you need. You need somebody to go make an appearance, sign this autograph. Hey, could you sign this football? Hey, could you say something uh, online to somebody? I mean, whatever they need in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase is there. He's there to do. Like, just as giving – I guess in loving, I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, just as giving and caring as you could be for a superstar athlete in this world where, I mean, literally, I don't know how they keep Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow's jerseys on the racks in Cincinnati. I mean, every kid's got one. Every parent's got one. And then, of course, I talked to Zeus. 
I was really excited to talk to Zeus. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr., the new left tackle, signed in free agency, or I guess traded for whatever it was. Think about this, because I asked Zeus this. He started in Baltimore, and he played with Lamar Jackson. He goes to Kansas City. They win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. And now he comes to Cincinnati, and he's protecting the blind side of Joe Burrow. Like, I don't know if any offensive line in this league has enjoyed such royalty around him as what Zeus has. And he's not, you know, he, he, he recognizes it, but he's there to, you know, and Zeus is one of these guys that every team needs. I don't care what position it is. They need a guy who's just an enforcer. When he comes out to practice, when he, you watch him game day, like he transforms himself into this unbelievable, uh, machine, you know, uh, Violent, tough, tough-minded, doesn't miss games, plays through injuries, doesn't let bad plays affect him. I mean, starts fights and practices, finishes them. Just you just need tough guys, you know, just to to see what that's all about. And that's what he's always been. He's, he was like that at Oklahoma. His dad raised him like that. Uh, he honors his dad all the time. He told his dad. His dad said, "Go play left tackle." That's why he's that. But this is a good football team. Cincinnati's a good team. They've got very few weaknesses. Um, they got a lot of depth in the offensive line now. We'll see who their five are. But, you know, they're they're going to be good. They're really good up front on the defensive line. Trey Hendrickson, Sam, Sam Hubbard, Joseph Asai, DJ Reader, B.J. Hill. I mean, they're really the two linebackers, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson. Their front seven is about as good as there is in this league. They're going to be a good team. They're well coached. Uh, then let's go to Baltimore. I, I was in Baltimore on August 2nd. Watched practice from the end zone. Went down and talked to John Harbaugh. I was there with Pep Hamilton that day, uh, former offensive coordinator, both college and pros. Pep's really a sharp football guy. I had a lot of fun. Rhett Lewis was our host that day. We were there for five hours as well. But we, had, we spent a half hour with John Harbaugh. I mean, really, you know, sometimes you get John in a good mood and, you know, he's freewheeling and, and, uh, you know, give me all kinds of information. Like, he's excited about this team. He's excited to get Lamar under contract. He's excited to see OBJ and his effect in the wide receiver room with Rashad Bateman, with Zay Flowers, with the guys that they have now, including Devin DuVernay and James Brochet, guys that have been there. Um, but I think, really, the story in Baltimore is Todd Munkin. Because you could say, okay, new offense coordinator, a lot of new wide receivers. All right, we're going to throw it. Well, okay. But why would you get away from what Lamar has been so good at and what makes him so unique? Like, I don't know how many times he's going to run the ball. He's got the green light if things aren't there in the passing game. But I think this is what you can expect from Todd Munkin. And this, John Harbaugh shared some of this with us. Like, they're going to play with all kinds of tempo. Like, the fastest tempo where you see in college where you can run a play every 16 seconds. So the defense can't substitute. You get guys that, um, you know, are, are used to substitute. You you catch them. Um, and then all the way to where you just, you know, line up the line of scrimmage, you call the play, take your time, but you're trying to limit substitutions where teams can really match your personnel groupings. So I think that's a big part of it. And then I think the other thing that's interesting to me is what Todd Munkin like, he's got West Coast principles. 
which means like short passes, long runs. I mean, Rashad Bateman played seven games for the Baltimore Ravens last year. Seven games, seven out of 18 games. And he led the team. He led the team with yards after the catch. Like, they had 700 yards after the catch last year. Like, total. I mean, that's just horrible. And so you can say, okay, Lamar, you know, you got to throw the ball better. Well, you know, sometimes you got to throw the ball, you know, just short, get the ball, you know, and just count completions for your quarterback and let Odell Beckham and let Zay Flowers and, and let some of these other guys just use their ability to make people miss and to explode after the catch. Like, I think that's going to be a part of it. But they did have a drill, you know, that deep ball drill uh, the day I was there. They're working on it every day, you know, getting the ball for chunks down the field in a variety of ways. We did sit down and talk with Zay Flowers. Sometimes you meet players in this league and it's like, okay, you know, they're just sort of uh, sound bites from stuff that you've heard for three or four decades. And then sometimes you sit down with, with a player and you just get this light bulb of just illumination, of just joy, fun. Like Zay Flowers, I, I would be shocked if Zay Flowers doesn't make an impact right away in this league. Like he knows he's good, but he knows he belongs. Like he's watched Justin Jefferson come in this league and tear it up. He's watched Jamar Chase come in this league and tear it up. And say, man, I'm just messaging those two guys. But like sometimes players just come in and they're ready to play. Like there's a toughness to this kid. Um, you know, he, I think he's a little bigger than people think. I mean, he might even be 5'11". When I stood next to him, like, he's not small, all right? So, like, this idea that he's just a slot receiver, forget it. You're, he's he's cross-training against every position there is. Um, so, I think Zay Flowers is going to be, like, he just looks like he has it. Like, he kind of reminds me, he's done the same personality, doesn't have the same skill set, but that's how Odell was when he came in this league in 2014. Um, and it was more than just a one-handed catch against the Cowboys on a Sunday night. I mean, he just knew he belonged. And I, I feel that way about Zay. And then the last thing I'll, I'll say with Baltimore is they made a trade midseason for Roquan Smith. And Roquan Smith came and he changed the whole defense. He changed the team. Like, he's just all ball all the time. I mean, literally, he was calling plays and calling defenses he got traded on a Tuesday. He's starting on a Sunday. He's calling plays on Sunday five days after he got there. Like, he made Patrick Queen better. He made the defensive front better. He made everybody around him better. Uh, he is an elite player and um, in, on all phases of the game. And Baltimore will be a top-10 defense this year. Um, we'll see. You know, they, they've they just signed a you know, veteran pass rusher. They always sign one. We'll see what Owe and um, – Ojabo look like this year. Uh, they they should be improved. They they work hard. Uh, they brought back uh, Michael Pierce inside. Sometimes the organization goes, you know, we shouldn't let you go, but you left, and you know during the pandemic, and here he is back. I mean, he's just a big old a gap fire hydrant inside. Just can't move the guy. So Broderick Washington, him just will man the a gaps. That's how John likes to build his teams from the a gaps out. Let's go to the uh, the New York Jets. Obviously, people watched Hard Knocks, or you know, it's out there on HBO to watch. I've actually been up to the Jets three times. So, a couple things: one, Aaron Rodgers has been all of that. I mean, literally, 
whether Hard Knocks captures it, and those cameras are everywhere up there. But Aaron Rodgers is all over this team. I mean, whether he's telling Quinn and Williams about something from a defensive tackle position or C.J. Mosley or Sauce Gardner, I mean, sharing his wisdom with everybody on this team, all right? Uh, I think he's got two young players that, in typical Aaron Rodgers, uh, over the course of his career, whether it was Alan Lazard, who was a, a free agent cut by Jacksonville and practice squad guy, worked his way up to – you know, having a great season a year ago now with Jeff, but he just has Jason Brownlee and Xavier Gibson are two young players undrafted that just watch them, just watch how they do number 16, number 82, just watch them through hard knocks in the preseason. See if they don't stick. Um, he likes them. Okay. They, they both have a skill set. Brownlee's just not that fast, at least on the 40 time, but you know, 40 inch vertical, six foot two, uh, tough as it can be, last one to leave the field every day. Like, you like that. So that's that's the receiving court. They, they've got a real problem, I believe, at offensive line, and that's not good for Aaron Rodgers. Um, we got to see. Like, Mekhi Becton, um, we got to see what he is. Like, that right knee, like, it's it's it doesn't feel good to him, doesn't feel right. Okay, he's got to get through this. Uh, might not ever feel better. We got They've got to figure that out. He's got to figure that out. He's an important piece if he can play and if he can stay healthy. We have not seen Dwayne Brown. They're counting an awful lot on him at age 39. Played all year with basically a one shoulder, uh, had to get surgery. So he's recovering. They say he's going to be ready to go, and I'm sure he is. He's been a pro's pro, no doubt. Uh, but you're relying on a 39-year-old to maybe protect the blind side of Aaron Rodgers. Um, you see what happened when David Bakhtiari went down a couple of years in a row. Uh, the guys that they had over there, Yash Diamond and Green Bay, trying to protect Aaron Rodgers, wasn't always pretty. Um, you know, they got Max Mitchell. They got a rookie in uh, Carter Warren. I mean, they've just – they've got guys. I don't know how elite they are, but it's a real question mark. It was a question mark when they scrimmaged Carolina this week. I think it's going to remain a question mark. But – and the other thing is, one day I was up there and Garrett Wilson uh, – sprained an ankle. I mean, he's fine. He'll play probably the second preseason game. He's fine. But without him out there, it doesn't look like an elite receiving core. And that's not to knock Corey Davis or Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard. But with Garrett Wilson, it looks like a really good receiving core. And sometimes you take a star out of a group, position group, they, be, they get pretty pedestrian pretty quickly. Like, Garrett Wilson is going to be a star, is a star. Like, he is an elite player already. Um, and not just because they gave him the title offensive rookie year. I mean, he, he practices, he plays, like, he, he, he sees the game the right way to be a star wide receiver. Without him on the field for at least 10 days, like, they didn't look like that. Defensively, uh, Sauce is the real deal. Like, he's just... He's just fun. He's fun. He picked off Aaron Rodgers. I saw him last Sunday morning, and practice ended on a Sauce Gardner interception in the end zone and a run back of 140 yards for a touchdown. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers saw him. I mean, he just picked him clean. And so I talked to Sauce after, and he told me what he did on the play, and I think he just did that. He picked him. Like, he's he's really something else. And D.J. Reed on the other side, they're good. They're good up front. We'll see what they're like at safety. It looks like it's a question mark to me. 
what they get out of the safety position. All right, let's go to Philly. I saw Philly on uh, Sunday night after I saw the Jets. And Philly had a night practice at the link. I've seen him twice now. And I think I'm going to see him next week uh, when they scrimmage Cleveland. But they had a night practice at the link Sunday night. There was 50,000-plus fans in the stadium. It, it felt like it was game day. Cheerleaders out there. Uh, Jalen Hurst comes out of the tunnel, standing ovation, shouts of MVP. But I spent the majority of my time watching the defensive line. Now, it's a practice. They're going against dummies. It's kind of like a, a walk-through glorified game day preparation practice. There's no tackling. But I watched the defensive line. And if John Harbaugh says, look, or a lot of people believe, you build your defense in the A-gaps out. If you look at Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis in the A-gaps, they're monsters. But this Jalen Carter, their first pick, um, gosh, like his balance is unbelievable. I texted a prominent personnel individual uh, in this league Sunday night, literally just took a little snapshot of Jalen Carter, and I just said, this guy, like, you can't get him off his feet. Well, his feet are at the bottom of a base, almost unlike any defensive lineman in this league. Like, he is so physically strong from the waist down and so thick. Like, you can't get him off his feet. And he's just got this style about him. He's just explosive. Like, he moves big bodies. And just talking to veteran players about him already, and without really laying any wood to anybody so far. Eagles kind of, Nick Sirianni kind of runs a fluff camp, but um, without really hitting anybody, they know that he's, they know already he's going to be special. And so it's just a question of endurance, technique, you know, love of the game. Like that all needs to be proven to everybody. But just from a physical standpoint, and for Jordan Davis, can he stay on the field? Can he stay on the field longer than four plays in a row, five plays? Because that was sort of his max last year. He lost weight. He looks in great shape. He works hard. Like, he does everything right. It's just that if you're three, whatever he is, I don't know, 360, um, I'm just guessing. Maybe he's more, maybe he's less. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting him on a scale. But, you know, big guys have a hard time with endurance. Dexter Lawrence figured it out last year. He was challenged. We'll get to Dexter in New York. And he played a high volume of plays, and he was a big factor in the pass game. But he wasn't his first three years. And so that's kind of where Jordan Davis was last year. He's had a hard time staying on the field. Had, had some injuries. Year two, I expect to make a big jump. But then you watch Hassan Reddick, you know, and you watch, um, you know, some of these guys that they have, Josh Sweat. Um, gosh, they are loaded up front. The question really is that linebacker, Nicobe Dean. Okay, fine. Um, you know, they just signed Miles Jack. They signed some guys off the street. You know, it looks like it's a question of uh, that they, they, you know, they're not going to, you got to find, you got to know, you got to know just what you can do, what you can't do at that position. And I think Sidney Brown, safety, the rookie at Illinois, is going to be a good player. Just see the way he moves. He's a little Julian Reed Blankenship and some guys back there. A.J. Brown, there's just not many people like A.J. Brown in this business. Not many guys that have, the explosive quality that he has coming out of breaks, getting away from defenders, running guys over, just being able to go up and grab balls out of the air. Like 
Jalen Hurts loves him because he catches almost everything with his hands. And it doesn't give, even in practice, he doesn't give, you know, guys like uh, Darius Slay or Bradbury or, you know, some of these corners. He just doesn't give them much of a chance to defend him. You know, and then Devontae's just an elite player. Like, they're they're good. At running back, DeAndre Swift, I keep seeing him at, at wide receivers in an empty set, matchups, um, Rashad Perry, Boston Scott, um, Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, they're just deep at running back. And then the offensive line, it sure looks like, uh, you know, the, the the rookie last year at Nebraska, their second-round pick. Looks like he's going to be the right guard. He looks fine in there. So the Eagles look stacked to me, just stacked. I went to Detroit uh, this week, uh, August uh, 8th. They scrimmaged the Giants, and it was a great day. It really was. Uh, it was the first of two scrimmages. Talked to Brian Dable and talked to Dan Campbell and talked to Joe Shane, a bunch of coaches on both sides. Talked to both quarterbacks, uh, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff. It was good. We had total access, a chance to sit and watch some of the practice. Talked to Saquon Barkley. Um, He's got some legitimate concerns. I mean, they're going to have a rookie center in there, John Michael Schmitz. He looks good, but he's a rookie. And, you know, for Saquon, I mean, he, want, he wants to see in any back. This isn't just Saquon. This is any back in this league. They want to see if they're running a basic inside zone play, however you want to call it. There's only a couple different ways you block it, depending on what the defense is doing. But generally, you're trying to get two double teams at the point on defensive tackles, however they deploy and what you want to see from the running back is you want to see put the foot shoulder to shoulder movement up front. Because if you give that to Saquon, he's going to gain yards. He's going to find daylight. He's going to break an arm tackle. He's going to, you know, make somebody miss. Um, but, you know, there was games last year where the right tackle went down. They had injuries at center. Like they had issues last year at some positions. Left guard was a, a, a position of flux. And so every time you get changes, up front, the the feel that a running back has with that group changes. And that's what Saquon's looking at. And it's a legitimate concern for any back when there's changes up front on the offensive line. And so then the scrimmages become really important to get um, – like I saw Saquon make a really good cut, um, you know, to his right in, in one particular inside drill because there was instant penetration up front. You know, for whatever reason, I'm not putting it on anybody, but it was a good cut. It's just that it's not really what you want to do. You want to kind of press the hole a little bit more than that and then make a cut. The receiving core for the Giants is really deep. I talked to Darren Waller. Like, I call him big and smooth because that's what he is. Big, smooth, and fast. Like, he's he's got a chance to be um, back in at the all-world level, you know, all-pro level. Um, he's got a chance to get back there. I mean, in all phases of the game, his route running, uh, the way that they're using him, the way they're moving him, it's special. But then, you know, this Jalen Hyatt is a, you know, you watch him at Tennessee, the, the, you know, the way that they played, you know, offense, I mean, he was just a go route runner and uh, played outside the numbers and, you know, didn't really run the route tree, but you watch him now. Like he is fast and he can explode and they are, they're getting him the ball in a variety of ways. Like he's going to make a difference. But then if you look at um, all the guys they have right now, like in the slot, whether it's Sterling Shepard looks good coming back after some, you know, some devastating injuries. And uh, he's got something to prove. And, you know, you get uh, 
uh, Jameson Crowder. And, you know, you go pick up a receiver that they had in Buffalo and has been in the league for 13 years in the slot. Um, you know, you look at Wandale Robinson, who will eventually come back. And you just look at, you know, what Isaiah Hodgins did last year. And, you know, and, um, you know, you look at uh, Darius Slayton. And you just keep going on and on and on. They've got, you know, they've got this, um, you know, so they, there's there's some real targets for Daniel Jones to throw to right now. This Eric Gray at Oklahoma looks like the real deal. Now, they've got some guys on defense. This Jordan Riley, their seventh-round pick out of Oregon. Uh, you go back and you watch him at Oregon. I mean, he played – I think he went to four colleges. He was in junior college, North Carolina. He bounced all over the place. Finished at, o at Oregon. But, you know, Andre Patterson came up to me, the defense line coach of the Giants, and just pointed him out, going, just keep your eye on him, Baldy. You know, he's young. and But, you know, last year the Giants had injuries at defense tackle. They ended up playing Big Cat Williams and Dexter Lawrence way too many snaps, and they were exhausted by the time they got to the playoffs. You got to rotate those guys. I mean, they're bit like they can play a lot of snaps, but you're going to get better play out of them if you can rotate them. And so, um, you know, Raheem Nunez Rochez has come in, and you know, but this Jordan Riley, just keep an eye, six five, three thirty. You know, lives in the A gap, can hold a point. Um, and then you you look at uh, Trey Hawkins. Uh, I think he was a six round pick, a corner out of Old Dominion, six three. 200 pounds, 437, 38-inch vertical, like crazy measurements to go with, you know, their first-round pick, uh, who they who they love, um, you know, out of Maryland. So they've got two rookie corners that will get a lot of work in preseason. You'll see them this week, uh, actually tonight, to, in Detroit. Both of them will probably play, I would imagine. It should be fun. And then, um, and, you know, and for, look, Detroit, you know, I talked to Barry Sanders and I said, you know, Barry, like they, they, they kind of switched out the running back room. You know, DeAndre Swift is gone and Jamal Williams is gone. And here comes, you know, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, that Montgomery is really good. And, you know, Dan Campbell said, look, I, I was on the other side when he was in Chicago. And I saw that guy just break tackle off the tackle, catch the ball. Great blocker. Like he's just a great football player. And this Jameer Gibbs, Barry said, look, he's. He's, he's a playmaker, you know, so that's fun. That's fun to watch, to watch uh, Jack Campbell, you know, at uh, middle linebacker and to see the, the, just to watch Aiden Hutchinson practice. Like it's not a surprise, but you know, he, he literally runs drill to drill. Like there's no lag. You see him afterwards. He's talking to all the media. He's in the ice tub. You know, he's, he's doing, he's just doing everything right. You know, um, last year, uh, you know, Daniel Jones, in one game last year, threw two interceptions, and it was against the Lions. And one of them was Aiden Hutchinson. And Daniel Jones never saw him drop from his defensive position into the curl flat area, and he robbed this deep cross route to Slayton. And, you know, Aiden Hutchinson just has such versatility to him. But, uh, you know, they're, they're really good at corner now. Kirby Joseph, you know, really came on at free safety. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, is an elite player. Uh, I saw this kid Drummond, um, a free agent wide receiver that looks good to me. Kind of stood out, you know. So he's out of Eastern Michigan, Drummond out of Eastern Michigan. So that was that was just a great day, a great scrimmage. I mean, no fights, good intensity. Although all the coaches said, you know, the offense line coach Bobby Johnson, the Giants, wasn't happy with the intensity. 
Dan Campbell wasn't happy, you know, in one of the periods about how they went about it. So nobody should ever be happy. No coach should ever be happy or content in any scrimmage after any preseason game. Like, it is all a process to get better. That they do embrace, Detroit does embrace the publicity they've gotten, and for good reason. I mean, they're a pretty well-built team. I think it'll be fun to watch. My last stop that I'll talk about today is the Chicago Bears. I saw them on uh, I saw them on Wednesday. That Wednesday, and uh, they had a good practice. Uh, when I was out there, um, they had a two and a half hour go at it. Um, Fluce, Coach Fluce, um, you know he's in his second year. I mean, this team knows how to practice. Their tempos, everything, in and out of the huddle. They run a lot of plays. A very crisp, full substitution. It was almost simulating game conditions. Coordinators calling plays, uh, calling things in. You're seeing, um, you know, some some young talent getting a chance to to really play. Uh, you know, when you look at some of the guys in Detroit, like the running back situation. Um, you know, when you look at uh, a guy like Rashawn Johnson from Texas. You know, everybody talked about Bijan, but I mean, Rashawn, he was running with the number ones for time. You know, so uh, he's going he's gonna to get in there. You'll probably see him uh, tonight against the Giants. But, you know, Justin Fields, you know, very, you know, like to have a couple throws back. Um, I feel like they've got a lot of pieces in place right now. You look at Darnell Wright, at right tackle. Nate Davis, the free agent guard, wasn't in there on Wednesday when I was there. Um, he was dressed, but he wasn't playing. Um, so he was, he's got something bothering him. I don't know. Cody Whitehair, Kevin Jenkins, left guard, um, Braxton Jones at left tackle. I mean, I think they have a chance to be pretty good. This Darnell Wright, um, he wears number 58. He kind of reminds me. And in Detroit, number 58 is Panay Sewell, like two monsters at right tackle. I feel like these two guys have a chance to be pillars in the NFC North for a long time. Um, like he's just a mauler up front. The, uh, Chicago needs that. Fun to watch him. I talked to um, a couple guys, Khalil Herbert. You know, he recognizes what uh, Darnell Wright can look like. They led the league in rushing, rushing yards and rush average last year. Obviously, a big part of it was Justin Fields. They like to see him run less. They did pick up, you know, and I saw him and talked to him when I was there, but Mercedes Lewis, they picked up. He's in his 18th year. He looks fantastic. He's got the biggest baseball mitts for hands that, that I've seen um, on a player in a long time. But he's, you know, he's, I don't know, he's going to be 40 years old eventually here this year. Um, but he can still block the edge. You put him next to Darnell Wright with Nate Davis, and you want to run strong side, outside zone. Um, I, my money's on Chicago's front getting guys moved and some of those backs making some yards. So that's that. Uh, you know, defensively, they, you know, T.J. Edwards was out there. Tremaine Ed Edmonds was not out there the day I was there, um, but you know they're going to run. They're going to run a version of Tampa two, and it's a good spot for Tremaine Edmonds to run down the field. It really, Tampa two for not to get too technical, but it's really a three deep coverage. Uh, your middle linebacker is going to open up to the number three receiver, whether it's a back or tight end or slot, and he's going to run with them. Um, you want to take the middle of the field away, anyways. It's one way to do it. Middle of the field's most valuable real estate uh, in a football game. You want to rob people in the middle of the field. One way to do it is to have a huge middle linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds that can run. 
take that deep shot away, the deep seam routes away, um, the goal balls down the middle of the field away. Uh, he has that ability to do it. And T.J. Edwards, is, you need linebackers just go to Wisconsin. I talked to Jalen Johnson. He feels like defensively they've upgraded every position. They drafted three defensive tackles. Uh, they drafted Tyreek Stevenson, uh, a young corner that looks like, you know, he's going to get um, a lot of time to go with Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson. Like the secondary has a chance to be pretty good. They had just picked up uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, as a pass rusher, so they're trying to improve that. I think, you know, Chicago won three games last year. Like I can see this team, depending on how big of a jump uh, Justin Fields takes this year, and we all feel I I really I mean I've always liked Justin Fields going back to Ohio State days. Um, I've always liked him. I continue to like him. Just how big is the jump going to be? I mean, can he make a jump? Wait, Jalen Hurts made a jump. I don't know. I mean, Jalen Hurts just plays on a much better team it's a little easier to make a quantum leap like Jalen did. Uh, the team around Justin Fields isn't as good as Philadelphia's, but I think he's going to make a jump. And if he does, like, I'm not here to predict wins and losses, but I, I can see this team winning seven or eight games and being highly competitive. And if they get hot the way some young teams do and they get a big dose of confidence, um, things go right, bounce right, they start taking the ball away at a much higher rate, um, who knows? But anyways, I feel like they're going to make a jump. So those are some of the teams that I've seen. I'm going to still – there's a lot yet to see. Um, I just broke down last night's game of Houston and New England and Seattle and Minnesota. So those highlights are coming on Baldy's Breakdowns on Twitter and uh, on Instagram. They're coming. But I, I I hope to get to Tampa and the Jets next Wednesday. I hope to get to the Eagles in Cleveland. I hope to get to some scrimmages this week and next week. Um, and really see uh, where you get a chance to see the starters get a lot of reps uh, against good, you know, ones against ones, that type of stuff, where I feel like I can bring you back some, you know, top flight inside information. But anyways, that's a, that's a recap of uh, Baldi's World Tour. Uh, I got to 11, I saw 11 teams uh, in 14 days. So I was pretty busy. Uh, I did not talk about the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, maybe I talked about them in other podcasts, you know, but anyways, those teams were seen as well amongst others. All right. That's it for this edition of in the huddle. Uh, subscribe to us, watch us, download us uh, for Jason Lock and Fora and with Carl Dukes, uh, put them up. Carl Dukes. Uh, we will join you next week for more podcasts and up to the date information on what's going on in this league. Happy to join you today. I'm glad you're paying attention. Our numbers are way up, and we expect them to be at the very top of this podcast world with the insight that I, along with Jason and Carl, bring you week in, week out. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 